BizChat. After I sold my women's financial business in 2004, I promised myself that I was done with business, as far as starting and growing one was concerned. I had had my nose to the grindstone, barely coming up for air since graduating 20 years previously, and I desperately needed a change. I also felt sure it would be easier to manage a business of one, namely me. During the next few years, I held a number of non-executive directorships alongside consultancy and mentoring. But as it turned out, I hadn't quite finished with business or championing the role of women. My experience of working with women and advocating for them in the financial sector was still omnipresent. For a number of years, I had wanted to work in broadcast, but trying to break into mainstream was challenging. And when an opening finally occurred, existing business commitments prevented me from taking it up. Now, though, there was a window of opportunity. Video was the new thing on the web, so I could become a content creator. In 2008, I came up with the idea of launching a subscription website to showcase women's leadership style on video and provide a space for them to share their experiences. Social media didn't exist then. Oh, how quickly I had forgotten the pain, not to mention the cost, of getting a new venture off the ground. In between filming interviews with 100 or so leading UK businesswomen in the first 12 months of the DivaBiz website, I recorded a few of my own business insights. Here is one of them. The best you can be. Almost everything in business for me is encapsulated in the idea of being the best you can be. If you don't work on this, then you won't realise your potential or that of your business. Business is a classroom. It's an opportunity to learn how to manage yourself and become a business athlete. You can begin by noticing what you do, i.e. what works, what doesn't work and how you feel about it. Then, as with all things you want to improve, it's a question of honing your skill. Practice makes perfect. Or, more precisely, perfect practice makes perfect. Here are a few examples of skills I've consciously worked at. The first is presentations. Many of us have had the experience of being incredibly nervous about public speaking. You get up to speak and you wish the floor would swallow you up. Your throat is dry, you're short of breath, and a tiny pit squeak of a voice emerges from the top of your lungs. Not a good start. You have just 20 seconds to make an impression and it needs to be a good one. Actors and actresses are taught to do physical exercise as well as a vocal warm-up before going on stage. I found I needed a combination of mental and physical preparation. Firstly, I would remind myself I was there because I knew more than the audience about my subject, even though I didn't consider myself to be an expert, as they did. Secondly, I would dash off to the ladies, or any quiet corner I could find, to do some stretching and a few press-ups, to ensure my physical body was relaxed by the time I got up to speak. Then, my voice and eye would be operating at full power from the first word. Unless you're an experienced speaker, the chances are you will need to prepare in one way or another to maximise your impact. So just do what you have to. Another example is increasing your personal effectiveness in order to perform better when you have a busy schedule. Most of my office days were packed with back-to-back -back meetings, punctuated by the odd half an hour for other tasks. So my preparation began the moment I got out of bed. Before I did anything else, I would sit quietly and imagine the day. 
I visualised finishing each meeting feeling pleased it had gone well or being happy with the presentation I'd written in the slot between meetings. Basically, I set myself up at an energy level to achieve all the tasks in my schedule before I'd even got dressed or stepped out of my house. A third example is decision-making. A full-on day at the office is not a good place to make important business decisions. There are too many distractions and too much multitasking going on. So I created a discipline around making decisions and used the time in between things, like commuting. For a number of years, the journey home was the time that I developed my thinking on issues that had arisen during the day and, if possible, make a decision by the time I arrived at my front door. This meant there were occasions when I sat on the doorstep until I had reached a satisfactory point in my thinking, which must have seemed very strange to my neighbours. I would also use the journey from my house to my horses several times a week. This practice created a structure around decision-making, which improved outcomes enormously. It also allowed me to switch off in the small amount of personal time I had in my life.